0: Father, you're so good to us, you're so good to us. You are holy and completely set apart. and We are completely unworthy to come before you and yet you bid us to come through Christ. And so we praise you and we thank you. We want to hear from you, God, today. I pray that you would speak. Thank you for your word that you've given to us Speak to us through it, in Christ's name, amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll be looking today at verses uh, 10 through 12 of Ephesians 6. It's kind of the last uh, section of the book of Ephesians, believe it or not. <coughs> still have a few weeks left in the book, um, but we are coming to the end. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10, follow along as I read. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Lord, your word is truth. I pray that you'd open our hearts and our minds to receive it, to hear from you. In Christ's name, amen. I want to tell you a a story before we get into breaking down the passage. Uh, I was uh, in high school and attended a youth group. When I was in high school, and, and uh, one night during youth group, we were having kind of one of those monumental youth group moments where you're playing a game where someone's blindfolded. And, uh, and, and in this game, it was a relay, and so you have two teams. And those two teams were broken up into pairs, and, and I happened to be paired up with a friend of mine who was a girl. And, and, and the object was you wanted your team to go down. One was blindfolded. You'd go a pair at a time. One person blindfolded and then the other one wasn't and they were kind of your guide. And so you go down, you go to the end of this long stretch and you had to do something with the ball. I don't remember what it was. Turn around, make it back across the line. And, and myself and my friend were, were the last pair in our team. And so when it came our turn, I'm blindfolded and, and she's going to help me get there and back. And 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 we were a bit behind as I understood it. And I got to tell you, I'm competitive, Okay, a little bit. And so we start heading down this path. And I want to win. And I can't see anything, but I just know I want sweet, sweet victory, right? And so we get to the end of the stretch and I do whatever I have to do with this ball. And then we turn around and I say to her, point me in the right direction. And then I say, is there anyone in front of me? To which she says no. And I take it upon myself to sprint the rest of the way back. I'm going to pass this other team. Now, let me say this is a bad idea. This is a very bad idea. Number one, because this was played in the street. But... I didn't think at the time it was such a bad idea. In fact, when I took off running, I mean, you could the breeze is flowing through your hair, right? Ah, and I could hear the sounds of everyone on my team just cheering for me at the end. Tony, you saved us. We won youth group game tonight, right? And so I know this is going to be phenomenal. And it's going to end up great. And so I'm sprinting down. And all of a sudden, things are going well up to this point. I run into one of the adult leaders, full speed she was a nice lady okay (laughs) most people at that point okay would think hmm this must have been the finish line you should stop running not me I think by some reason she's standing in my way in the middle of this path that I'm supposed to keep I keep running until I finally no kidding smash full speed into a parked car it was so embarrassing. I mean, it was so embarrassing. In my mind, I'm thinking the whole time, I can do this. Like, I can win this. I can, I can take this on my own shoulders, and I can cross this finish line. I can win it. I was wrong. I needed someone. I needed someone to guide me and tell me, hey, stupid, you're about to run over someone. Or, hey, you're going to run into a car or something like that. But in my mind, I thought, I can do this myself. I'm going to take off. And run, and in fact, even in that circumstance, I was pointed in the right direction. I even made sure ahead of time, am I headed, am I starting off in the right direction? Am I pointed in the right direction? And I was, I was going the right way. I started off in the right direction. The problem was I couldn't see the circumstances around me. I didn't know what I was up against. And I left what would tell me when to stop. And I left what would tell me when I'm going the wrong way or at the wrong speed or for too far or whatever. I left the one who would tell me that I was off track. But kind of is, is, is a little bit of what we have in this passage here. In, in my circumstances, it's humbling and it's 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 hilarious at the time. Um, humbling at the time is hilarious now. But the result of that, of of me taking it on myself and thinking I could do it myself, was just my own embarrassment, and and it blew the fun for everyone else. I mean, like, I felt so bad for that lady. Like, maybe she's the one that came up with the game that night, right? And she's just thinking, this is awesome. Why is he running? And then smash, my arm hurts. And then all of her night is ruined because this kid thought he could do this himself, right? It's kind of the direction that... that we have here at the end of this letter from Paul. Paul's warning us, and, and actually, all the way from verse 10 all the way through 20, he's, he's giving this warning for us who are so easily convinced that we can do this ourselves. Right, we've gone through Ephesians 1, and we've learned that we have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. We've been given the Holy Spirit, we're saved, we're forgiven. Chapter two, we were dead in our trespasses. Now he's made us alive in Christ. We're going the right way now. But what happens is we learn those things and we, 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 we believe those things. And then we just start taking off on our own and, and, and trying to figure things out on our own. And, and we get off track. And what Paul's saying is you can't do this on your own. It's too much for you to do this on your own. In youth group, I was pointed in the right direction, but I didn't see the obstacles. And in the same way, there are things we are up against in our spiritual journey that we don't see. And for some of us, we don't even believe that they're there. We just convinced ourselves that everything's going to be happy and fun and good and easy from here on out. And we're not trusting in the only one who can get us through to the end. And so we've kind of taken this spiritual journey on our own shoulders rather than trusting in the one Who we must trust in. Paul says at the beginning there, finally, finally be strong. I love that. Finally, look, I've, I've told you all of these things and what a wonderful letter this is. Just so much truth from start to finish in the book of Ephesians. You are saved. You are bought with a price. You have been delivered from darkness into light. Thanks be to God. And and because of that, you ought to live in a manner that's worthy of that calling. So walk that way. It's just a wonderful letter. And we get to the end and he says, finally, look, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Let me focus in on, on something on that. We'll talk about the whole thing. But let me focus in on the important part of that phrase. It's not on be strong. In the Lord and in the strength of his might is the most important part there for us to hear. It's so easy for us to, in our walk, we, we we believe in Jesus and we start this walk with the Lord, and then for us to just begin to veer off to one way or the other, because we think this way might be a little bit better. I think I can do this myself. I can carry myself through this life now. I've believed in God, believed in Jesus, and I can get through this on my own. It's not true. Our strength comes from the Lord. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Your strength lies there. We can't think that we can go off fighting battles in our own strength, Paul's saying. As if I'm pointed in the right direction, I'm going to run off and do this myself, and I'll be fine. We won't be fine. Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The other side of that is, is a reminder that we, we don't have an excuse. We can't make excuses that we don't have the ability to be strong. Some of us go to the other side. Well, I've tried. I, I've, I've tried to give up this sin. Or I've tried to do this. Or I don't want to do this anymore. I've tried to be in the word. I've tried to do this. Paul's saying, no, 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 no. That's trying to find strength in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. You have the Lord as your strength. Go back to chapter 1. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given the same power that raised Christ from the dead. There's no excuses. Your strength comes from the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You have the Lord. The strength is there. You just you seek it in the right source, not yourself, but in God. Jesus says in John 15 verses four and five, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus reminds us of. Don't try to get separated from me. Don't try to go off and do things on your own. Apart from me, you can't do anything. You need me. Stay connected. Stay connected. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you want to bear fruit, stay connected to the vine. We're going to see through this, this, this whole section that we're in a war. It's a real and, and terrible war. We don't have to be afraid. We don't need to fear if we're on the Lord's side and if we're fighting with the strength of His might, not trying to go off and win these little battles on our own. Think of that phrase strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. If there is anything that would encourage us to stay strong in the Lord, it's it's thinking on that, in the strength of his might. How awesome, how strong, how powerful is the Lord. I just I did a little search for sh- the strength of the Lord. I just picked 3 of the many verses that we have throughout the scriptures boasting and worshiping the Lord for his strength. Psalm 18 verses 1 and 2, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. That's what Paul's saying. Find your refuge, find your strength in the source of strength. God, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Psalm 21, verse 13, be exalted, O Lord, in your strength, be glorified, be exalted. Psalm 28, verses 7 and 8, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts and I'm helped. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. The Lord is the strength. It's not you. We have no strength. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And what Paul, and and what I want to encourage you this morning is, as you're you're fighting through this life, as you're fighting, we have one prize. We have one prize. It's God. It's Christ. He's our treasure. He's our prize. He's our goal. And so we want to fight through this purposefully in the strength of his might that he has freely bestowed on us, freely offered to us, freely given to us, this should be our song. God, you are my strength. I can do nothing apart from you. We don't like to say those things. We're prideful. We think we're strong. And when Jesus tells us we're not, it we don't like saying those things. We should love singing those. We should love praying those. We should love believing those. Just the truth. I can do nothing apart from you. Thank you, God. I can do nothing apart from you. I will be strong in the Lord and in the strength of your might. He's exhorting us to be strong, to be courageous, to stand firm. That that passage in Joshua chapter 1 where the baton's being passed from Moses to Joshua. Imagine, imagine what it must have been like for Joshua. Moses, I mean, you are following in the footsteps of Moses. In verses six and seven, God is God is speaking and commissioning Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. He goes on and says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Why? I'm with you. I'm with you. That great promise, when when Jesus, giving the Great Commission, says to them, go and and, and teach everyone, telling them and teaching them everything that I've commanded you. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you. So be strong and courageous. But let that strength, let that courage, let that focusedness be in christ not in yourself not in deceiving yourself into thinking that you can do this on your own paul says no be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might our strength and our courage and our confidence should come from christ and all that he is and who we are in him we take far too much confidence in ourselves so often Far too much confidence. How many of us day in and day out just get up and go through the motions? No time in the word, no time with the Lord whatsoever. Just going through the motions, just going through the motions. That's you doing it yourself. That's you doing it in your own strength. Strength. That's you deceiving yourselves into thinking that you're okay on your own. And we're not. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Our confidence, our strength, our courage should come like a river from what we learned through Ephesians chapter 1. Because we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Because we've been Chosen, loved and adopted because we've been redeemed, because we've been given the Holy Spirit and because all of those things are God's doing and not ours. We trust in his strength. We depend on his strength. He's done it all. He's done it all. To be strong in him and in the strength of his might, Paul says, he goes on, he says, put on the Whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. In this battle that we're in, God has given us, He's provided us with weapons of various kinds. Not just one weapon of defense or one weapon of offense, various weapons, and all of them vital. All of them vital. Vital. Now, over the next weeks, we'll go in and, and look at what this armor of God is. And what does that mean? What is he talking about specifically? But what I want to stress here, what I want to stress this week is each time that Paul refers to putting on the armor of God, he says, put on the whole armor of God. Not just one piece this day or one piece this day or or pick up this this day or Or you might need this this day. All of it, all the time. Put on the whole armor of God. Not just picking and choosing between this armor. I'm better at this. I like to read more than I like to pray. I like to do this more than I like to do this. Or I I like this better than I like this. And so I spend my time here and put it all on. Put on the whole armor of God. You will need it. Put on the whole armor. Just as a soldier who's about to meet his enemy would take advantage of, of every piece of equipment that he has. So are we to put on the whole armor of God. You would never see a soldier who's about to run out and face this vast enemy. Who happens to love fishing. Just grab a fishing pole and run out because that's what he loves best. He's going to take on this vast army with a fishing pole. That's what I like best. So I'll just fight with this. That, but how often do we do those things? How often do we go out and face the enemy not prepared as the Lord has allowed us and equipped us to be prepared? You can imagine Paul writing this letter here, right? I mean, he's chained between soldiers. And so as he's writing, right? I mean, probably looking over and, 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 and seeing this armor of this soldier and being inspired by the spirit to just give us this picture of how we are to dress as followers of Christ. Beautiful. The armor of God is the armor that God has provided for us. It doesn't leave us the option as we go through this over the next weeks. It doesn't leave us the option to pick and choose. It doesn't leave us the option to come up with other ways. Well, I read this book and it encouraged me to do this. And I found it quite helpful. If it's not biblical and if it's not the armor of God, it's not good or helpful. It's deceptive. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't try to come up with a better armor. Don't try to come up with an easier armor. Don't try to come up with anything else. Put on God's armor. Let me say in this that it's there's not this idea that we had in, in Ephesians 4 of put off this, put on this, put off this, put on this. It's a, it's a once thing. Put on the whole armor of God and leave it on. It's something we put on permanently. Wear it. Always be ready for battle. You're in battle. Whether you know it or believe it or whatever, you're in battle. So put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Our enemy is God's enemy. It's Satan and his demons. It is a very real battle that's going on. Paul says that we ought to be ready, fully armed at all times so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. That word schemes carries the idea of craftiness or cunning or deception. In fact, we, we talked about this briefly in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Go back to Ephesians 4. Look at uh, Let's start with actually verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. So we ought to be equipped and building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood. What's mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. That's what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians 6. That's the schemes of the, devil, of the devil. Being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. And how many of us who say we love Christ don't love his word enough to get in it, embrace it, know it, believe it as truth, put it in our minds, put it in our hearts. So that when the devil comes with these different schemes trying to lead us astray, trying to to get us off base, we don't know how to battle. We don't know how to fight. We don't know if he's the enemy or not. By what he's saying. Because you're not growing up. The term schemes was used often of a wild animal. Who would stalk and then unexpectedly pounce on its prey. That gives us the picture of of Peter. Speaking of this in 1 Peter. Chapter 5. Starting with verse 6. In your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Lions don't seek people to just play with. They seek people to kill and eat. And your adversary, the devil, thinks that way of you of me he is prowling around with his schemes he is trying not to just get you to miss church every once in a while he's trying to destroy you he's trying to destroy me what paul says is be strong in the lord and in the strength of his mind and put on the whole armor of god so that you're able to stand against those schemes What are those schemes we look at chapter 4 verse 14 of Ephesians. We see primarily their deception. So many Christians who are wandering off the biblical path being led astray by things that just sound better to them. They just sound easier to swallow. I don't like that doctrine. So let me look and see what might sound better or taste better going down. So dangerous. Ultimately, the devil wants to come and take away the word from the heart so that you won't believe in the first place. He wants to catch you and trick you before you have embraced the truth of the gospel. That's what Jesus is teaching in the parable of the sower. The sower goes out and he casts seed and some of the seed falls on the path and some falls on the rocky ground and some falls on the thorny ground and some falls on the good soil. When he explains that, he says that the path is the hard ground When the seed falls. The devil comes and snatches it away. The picture is the birds come and snatch it away. But when he explains, he it, it says the devil who comes and snatches the word away before it has a chance to get in and do anything. That's what he wants to do. But you go through the rest of that parable. It's what he's doing to us now. Trying to deceive. If you, if you look at the, the rocky ground where Jesus explains it, as those who, who they hear the word and it sounds good. Jesus sounds good in their hearts. As they hear the word and yet as the, the seed goes down in, troubles come, difficulties come, and they leave the faith. They walk away with the thorny ground where it goes in. But then the cares of this world come up and choke it out. Those are deceptions. Those are Satan coming and, 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 and making you think that something might be better than Christ. Whether it's safety or things or whatever. His schemes include include placing doubts in believers' minds so that they won't trust their Heavenly Father. Temptations to sin, slander of another person. So often his scheme is just to keep God's children away from God's Word. Deceiving you into thinking you're saved, you're okay, you don't have to spend time in the Bible, that's just legalism. He will say, that's what Paul is fighting against in Ephesians 4:14. 4, We're to grow up, grow up so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. <clears throat> so put the whole armor of God on that you might stand against his schemes. In his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, Jonathan Edwards, said this of Satan and his demons. The devil stands ready to fall upon them and seize them as his own. At what moment God shall permit him? They belong to him. He has their souls in his possession and under his dominion. The scripture represents them as his goods, Luke eleven twenty one. 21. The devils watch them. They are ever by them at their right hand. They stand waiting for him for them like greedy, hungry lions. They see their prey and expect to have it, but are for the present kept back. If God should withdraw his hand by which they are restrained, they would in one moment fly upon their poor souls. The old serpent is gaping for them. Hell opens its mouth wide to receive them. And if God should permit it, they would be hastily swallowed up and lost. As you probably know from the title, even if you've never read the sermon, he's speaking of those who are not in Christ. But let me say, as Paul is saying, and as Peter is saying, he is there wanting to devour you in the same way. But there is hope for those who are in Christ. There's hope. So put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. So many Christians live as as if Satan and demons are as much a fable as Superman is. Going through life, just acting like that part doesn't even exist. You've been duped by him, if you think that. He is alive, he's wicked, and he wants to destroy you and anyone who's in Christ. Paul says in verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul's saying the battle is real. This isn't some flesh and, and blood battle that you might be able to win with your own hands. You can't. We need Christ. We need the strength of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. He's trying to awaken those Christians who live as if the demonic world is a fable to a sense of the power of our adversaries. point is that our difficulties are far greater far greater than if we had to fight with men notice how he words here don't wrestle with flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Seems to be referring to different ranks even in the dark spiritual realm. Doesn't give us any details about that. Just says against these and these and these and these. Even though he doesn't explain them the point should be well taken. It is darkness. It is evil. You have been delivered from that. You have Christ. We have a formidable enemy. Be on guard. Be on guard. So what should we do? What should we do if there's this spiritual enemy? If there's this darkness? If there's this evil realm that we are to fight against? What do we do? Three things. First... Resist the devil. Resist the devil. We, we looked at First Peter 5, 8, and 9. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Resist him turn a few pages back to James chapter 4 verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you submit to God resist the devil resist him we're not commanded to bind Satan or the demon of sleeping in or any of those things and I don't mean that as a joking thing. It's a sad thing. You're not commanded to do that. Resist him. You have God. God will fight for you. You be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Resist the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Secondly, don't look for a demon under every rock. Some people read passages like this and then and then go and, and they blame every little thing on Satan. I've really been attacked by Satan this week and he kept me from reading my Bible. He did? Kept you from reading your Bible or did you just spend too much time on Facebook and you read too many magazines and you spent too much time here and you kept pressing snooze. So don't don't go looking for Satan or a demon under every rock and just blame every little thing where you're not following Christ on him. Be strong in the Lord. Be faithful to him. First Corinthians 10:12 through13 says, "Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. There's a warning there. Be on guard. Don't think you won't be attacked. But when you are, there is a way out. God always provides a way out. So this isn't a, a, a reason to go through life blaming every one of your faults on Satan or demons. Be faithful to the Lord. He provides ways out. He's a, he's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's a strong God. So be strong in Him. And third, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Go to him, go to him, go to him. Be dependent on him. Go to him in his word. Trust his word. Trust in him. Because of the gospel, because of the gospel. Because of everything we talked about from Ephesians 1 and 2 and 3. He loves you. He adopted you. He made you his own. He rescued you from that dominion of darkness. Purchased you out. Rescued you out. And made you his child. To trust in him. He's already won the war. It's over. He's already won. In, In fact... Such a wonderful verse in Romans 16 at the end of the book. Let me just read this to close. Let's look at 19 and 20. Your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for the truth of that. Because of the gospel, because of what you did in Christ on the cross this battle is won, and yet between the time we come to know you and in a relation or in a relationship with you, from that point until we are with you, we are in war, and Satan is out to see every single one of us fall on our faces. But we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the truth that Jesus, you have and will crush satan i pray for every one of us i pray for myself i pray for every single person here that we would not be people who think that this is not for real the satan and his demons are not out to get us lord The truth is that there is a war being raged against us. And you have called us to be strong in you and in the strength of your might. God, thank you that that strength is more powerful than anything that we could possibly comprehend. There is nothing in the universe. There is nothing outside of the universe. That compares to your strength. And you have given us, given us, freely given us access through Christ to yourself and to your strength. That we might walk faithfully. That we might trust you completely. That we might be faithful when temptation comes. That we might be faithful when the battle rages on. So help us to be strong, be strong in you, Lord, and in the strength of your might. You're good, and what you do is good, Lord. You are our strength. You are our hope. You are our joy. You are our treasure. God, forgive us. Forgive us. May we truly repent, Of days and weeks and months and years of our life that we have walked apart from you. Saying that we hope in the truth of the gospel and yet walking in our own strength. Help us to be faithful to you. As you are so faithful to us. Help us to trust not in what we might be able to do, but what you have done in Christ. May we depend completely, solely on you for this battle. I pray that hope would come in our hearts because of the truth of the gospel that says we are in Christ. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We are loved. We are adopted. Your sons, your daughters made clean, redeemed, given the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work on our behalf. And so may we walk faithfully with you. As we go through the rest of this passage through the next weeks, Lord, would you give us a heart and eyes and a mind that sees what you have offered to us and equipped us with, That we would not neglect any piece of the armor that you have given us. But trust you wholly and love you completely. In Christ's name, amen.